episode two of the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Thanks for joining us as we tell compelling stories of the people who battle lupus day in and day out. I'm Adam Selkowitz. I'm the host of the Your Story, Our Fight podcast and the chairman of Lupus LA. And we have a great guest today. So let's jump right in. Please welcome Shannon Derby. Shannon is a personal trainer, a fitness expert, a nutrition expert, a mom of three girls, and a newly diagnosed lupus patient. Hi, Shannon. Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. You look like you're in an amazing environment, which I'm sure is all part of the um, the the fight to get your body to cooperate, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Every day is that, but uh, I'm fortunate we moved into a new home recently and uh, just enjoying some time outside right now. It's a beautiful day, so I'm feeling pretty blessed right now. So tell me, I know you are, you were an epic athlete. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about your history before lupus. Epic is strong. Um, you know, I grew <laughs> up playing sports my entire life. I rode horses. I constantly rode bikes with my brothers. I started to organize sports when I was about nine, playing softball and then soccer. And then that was kind of my passion. I stuck with soccer for a very long time um, up until um, college. I actually had a college scholarship. Um, I did turn it down because by then I'd had a couple of knee surgeries and decided that it was probably better to go to school, to go to school, let my body have a bit of a break. Um, and then after, so um, after playing soccer, I picked up running in college uh, and transitioned into doing 5K racing, which then morphed into triathlon. And then after a little while, um, you know, running became a little bit too hard on my body. So I began to walk away from that. And I began focusing more on lifting weights, which may sound like it's harder on the body, but it's really not, um, depending, of course, on how you do it. And I fell in love with CrossFit. And it was just kind of, for me, a nice outlet to kind of allow me to be physical and competitive when I wanted to be. Um, but it wasn't the same pounding on my knees all the time. So there it is. That all sounds completely exhausting to me, but I'm sure doing all of that, you must have really, I think, had a shock when you, A, started not feeling well, or, or how did your lupus diagnosis play, you know, come to fruition? You know, it was kind of a weird sequence of events, which I think is not uncommon um, with this disease. Um, you know, I'd had a routine knee surgery. Well, I thought it was going to be routine. And um, it turned out when they got in, they had to do an extra procedure, which is so instead of being on crutches for three to four days, I woke up to being told it's going to be six weeks. And I'm like, okay, moving on from that, I kind of started functioning, doing the best I could, but I started having issues with one of my wrists. Then that got out of control and ended up going septic. Um, but no one could really find the reason for why that happened. There was no obvious kind of cause of actual sepsis. So after um, a six day stay in the hospital and you know, a lot of questions being asked, but no answers. We started digging around. My husband, he's like, he's like, something tells me something is wrong. We need to just go and ask every question we possibly can. And so we began that process. And over time, um, they started digging around and they had some blood markers pop up and then they went further, but nothing was completely kind of put a coalesce completely. They were kept saying, there's something going on. You have some markers, but nothing's 100%. And then finally, one day I was at my daughter's soccer practice and her coach comes up and he's like, are you sunburned? I'm like, no. He's like, okay. And he walked away. I'm like, okay. I went to my car. I looked at myself and I was like, I know what that is. And oddly enough, mm -hmm. my daughter said the same thing. She's like, 
hey mom you have lupus i'm like okay you're 13 please <laughs> how do you know this already and yeah. two oh no i think she's right so then after that happened that was kind of the final piece that was like this is what we we're missing here's your diagnosis now let's go mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think that you're telling a story a lot of lupus patients can tell and i think What's interesting, the thing I picked up on there is that your husband became a really big advocate because I think a lot of lupus patients worry that some of what they're feeling may be in their head or they're even told that at times. So how much right. of a role did your husband play in really pushing you to get the answers you needed? Because your diagnosis came, I would say, compared to other lupus patients relatively quickly, you know, in a short amount of time um, from when your symptoms started. So how, how pivotal was your husband in that? He was absolutely pivotal, um, in the process. He, um, as soon as we kind of got the final, here's what you have, he went into what we call Paul mode. And it's an amazing thing to watch because I've never seen a person who is more driven, focused and research, you know, minded than this guy. And he immediately, um, found Dr. Wallace and he's like, this is who you're going to go see. And he immediately found me a retinal specialist, um, Dr. Lazar, um, to make sure that my medications were, were tracking properly. He got the you know, Lucas Encyclopedia. He got every book he could get his hands on, every article he read, he studied. He got all the info he could. And it was interesting because him knowing me as well as he does, he kind of wrapped his brain around it well before I did. And he wanted to educate himself so that at the point I finally kind of was like, okay, this is real, this is happening and this is gonna be lifelong, he was already kind of mentally there to kind of help pick me up a little bit because I will tell you that the uh, first kind of time I realized what was happening, I was not a happy person about that. It hit me pretty hard. But you're obviously a very motivated person, especially on the fitness and nutrition side. So at what point did you realize that marrying the two was gonna be important? You know, I think that as soon as I kind of got over the initial shock and I realized that, you know, most important thing to me is being able to be physically active. And um, I found that actually being active is what made me feel better. It made me feel better, not just physically, but mentally. Like, you know, obviously when it comes to the physical side of working out, you have endorphins and dopamine and serotonin, all these good things are happening for your body. But mentally, was even more important to know that I could still do what I, you know, at least most of the time, I could still do what my body always did. And that wasn't, it wasn't getting in my way necessarily all the time. And that I could still be me. That was what really kind of was important. So I found that by working out and by doing the best I could to continue my regimen, it mentally and physically helped me kind of get over that hump. And every single day, like I still get up and I get into my gym and I work out and some days it's, I'm normal. And some days I'm mm -hmm. just not. And I've learned to say to myself, today's just not that day for me. And that's okay. Cause I'm still moving and I will always inevitably feel better if I get in and move no matter what. So what adjustments do you, like, what was the biggest adjustment that you had to make in terms of just your physical fitness routines? Um, well, I used to wake up at four in the morning, um, very easily. That uh, alone I, is worth changing right away. <laughs> no, that would be my first note that I'd write you if I were a doctor, stop getting up at four in the morning. But that's, I, you know, I was born that way. My dad's that way. My mom's that way. We've always been early risers. My brothers are both that way. 
Um, but that began to get harder. Um, but from the day to day, just like actual the workouts, I found that, you know, my lupus, unfortunately, is going after my joints for the most part. Um, and I'm in conjunction with lupus, I also have pseudo gout, which is uh, another condition that involves inflammatory crystals in my joints. And they tend to go after right now. So far, they've gone after my both my wrists and both my knees. Um, so for me, lifting quite as heavy or as fast or as, um, you know, intensely as I used to, I just don't do it. Um, I kind of find this space where I'm running around 70 to 80% of, you know, what I know I could do in the past. And that works really well. Lupus LA provides financial grants for lupus patients in the greater Los Angeles area, up to $500 per calendar year to cover costs for everything from electric bills, medical copays, medication costs, and more. Please contact our staff for further information. Call 310-657-5667 or visit our website at lupusla.org to support the efforts of Lupus LA. And tell me about the nutrition side, because I know you, were you into nutrition pre-lupus diagnosis, or is that something that came out of the lupus diagnosis? No, I was into it before, you know, as part of my specialization as a trainer, I have a fitness nutrition specialization. So um, that has always been part of me. I've always wanted to offer that kind of side of the house to my clients above and beyond the physical piece. So um, I've always been aware of it um, in that. And moving forward with the lupus piece of it, I definitely have focused on kind of going for the more anti-inflammatory um, side of the house. Um, I focus on taking supplements to help with that. I try to eat. I mean, I was already eating pretty cleanly um, in terms of my food choices, um, but I do try to be mindful of any, you know, various foods that might cause um, inflammation additional because I already have enough as it is. We don't need to add to it. Do you know, do you notice a difference when you say are on the anti-inflammatory diet versus when you veer off every once in a while? You know, I do find that I get more tired if I'm not as careful with what I eat. If I, you know, and believe it or not, and I will, most trainers will tell you this, we all have sweet tooths. We love sugar. Um, it's the, sorry guys, I'm telling everyone that. Um, <laughs> and sugar does tend to be inflammatory as we know. So I do find if I start slipping up and going down that sugar route, I'll feel it and I'll feel it hard. I'll feel much more tired. Um, I don't feel pain as much as exhaustion, but yeah. I've let you guys all in on a very big secret. Hey, listen, sugar is a big staple of my diet too. I know it shouldn't <laughs> be, but it is. Uh, I just keep a steady dose all the way around. So I don't know if I'm more tired or not. It's just, it's always there. So, um, sure and so, all right. Know. I know most people are listening to this and not seeing it, but you have two dogs behind you today. I want to hear about the dogs and how, how they've played a role in your healing. You know, there's actually one more. You don't see him. He's upstairs. One, oh, there's three. Okay. Oh, there are three. Yes. I have three daughters and three dogs, um, but he's the old man and he doesn't want to come downstairs right now. Um, so I have an 11 year old black lab. I have a three and change um, year old black German shepherd or Belgian shepherd. She's a rescue and no one's completely certain as to what she is. Um, and then we now have, uh, she just turned 11 months old the other day. Oh, there she is. Uh, it's a Newfoundland puppy. Um, her name is Lucy yeah. and she is an absolute crack up. Um, 
so yeah, I've, in, in terms of the role in my healing, you know, I love dogs. I love, I've always, I've grown up with dogs and I find them, even though they're obviously work because they're, they require a lot of things, you know, they always have a way of kind of hanging out when I need them to. And I remember um, after I have a picture, actually, after one of my surgeries at Henry, my lab, he wouldn't leave. He was just laid in bed with me the whole time and just, he would lay his head on my big old leg brace and just kind of hang out. He's always had a way of just kind of knowing how to bring my blood pressure and my anxiety level down. And, um, you know, and just, I think having them around is dogs are good energy. And uh, I feel like they're just a positive influence overall in my life. Yeah, no, I can see that. And I, I mean, it's, um, I find that you don't really realize how much you need a, a pet until you have one and then they play a role in your healing. I think it's right. very interesting. Um, oh, for sure. And they do it actually a lot in the hospitals, especially the children's hospitals. The dogs play a big role in, uh, in helping with the kids. I think it's kind oh, of it, a, yeah. It's not just the kids. I was, and I was in the hospital um, for my, when I had that joint sepsis, it was, um, it was over the holidays. So it was kind of a crazy time there. And I was like, I had written on my board because they have that big board on the wall, like, please bring her a therapy dog. And I kept asking for them to come and they never did because it was the holidays and there were uh, no dogs available. So I was very thankful to get home to my own version of a therapy dog. But um, I always said like someday if I ever had the time and a dog with the disposition, I would love to bring her his or her into the hospital yeah. environment to help out because it's amazing. I mean, I think that's it goes to show that there's just a there's a holistic approach that one, especially in the autoimmune world, that one has to take. I think for success, um, if you stri- if you stay totally medical, I think that that misses a whole half of what you need. Um, and you're the embodiment of that, just because your career is in the you know the health and wellness area. And I think we're finding that even the medical doctors now are, are understanding that there is a certain level of balance that require that is required for an autoimmune patient. And I think you know how have you how how has your lupus diagnosis helped you with your clients in terms of looking at them holistically, um, you know, since your diagnosis? Well, I think that you know. One of the things I've always loved about my job is that I do get a chance to help people physically. But as you said, there's a big emotional piece of training and my background, my specializations, um, you know, one of them is corrective exercise. So I've been lucky enough to work with people who are kind of in this in-between stage you are coming out of physical therapy and kind of bridging the gap into personal training. They have some sort of, you know, surgery or limitation or something where they need the help. Um, so I think that that physical piece was helpful, but then the emotional side of it, um, you know, being able to be empathetic and understand that, you know, just like I have tough days, they're going to have tough days. And um, I feel like, you know, I also just feel like I can be more in tune with people because um, I have to be more in tune with myself. And I think that the layer of vulnerability that people see um, because my, my, I'm sorry, my clients do all know my diagnosis. I think that it might be helpful for them to see that extra layer of vulnerability in me because it allows them to let down their guard. And if something's going on with them, either emotionally or physically, they're much more comfortable sharing it with me. 
And I try to keep that, you know, dialogue open between us at all times during our sessions. And I think that's part of it too. Mm -hmm. Tell me about your daughters, because I'm sure, um, how old were they when you were diagnosed and what, what effect did it have on them? I'll start there. And then I want to know what effect it really had on you, because I'm assuming it's profound. It is. Um, so I was diagnosed in September, 2019. So like you said, it's recent. So my girls were, let's see, they're 14, 12 and 10 now. So minus one on each of those. Um, so, you know, they're old enough to understand a little bit about it, old enough to go on Google and research it. And um, it definitely affected them. And I think one reason it did affect them too, is because um, you know, like I said, I was hospitalized for six days with this joint sepsis situation and that hit them pretty hard. And they told me, and I learned more afterwards as they opened up about how scared they were um, about that. And I think that, you know, hearing a diagnosis for me, like for me, it gave me a bit of peace of mind. Once I finally wrapped my brain around, I'm like, okay, now we know what this is. This is a known quantity. There are solutions for it. Like, let's go. Um, for them, it was scary. And like I said, they were going online, they were researching it, they were learning about it. So um, over time though, we've been, my husband and I have been open with them and work with them on things. And, you know, they got really worried at first and then they kind of morphed into this kind of helpful mode of, of like, okay, sometimes I got to go to bed, simple as that. And there are times when I cannot handle, you know, all the things that I want to get done. And they've, they've been helpful and pitched in that regard, for sure. And what, and what about emotionally in terms of, um, you know, as a father, I've seen this in my kids too. It's, you know, what does that do to you emotionally about since you're not invincible anymore as the mom? You know, it, I felt like a bit of a disappointment. I felt like I let them down. And then I went to the place of, oh no, what if they have? And so, um, you know, we haven't gotten to the point where we're even looking into that really. They're not really, you know, no one's exhibiting any signs. And according to, you know, Dr. Wallace, the blood markers this age are very, kind of amorphous and not super helpful. So I'm right. trying not to look too far down the field. I'm trying to remember that lupus is, you know, not just genetic, but also has an environmental component that no one totally gets, but that's okay. Um, so I'm not, I'm just trying not to let that concern consume me. It's obviously, I think about it and I keep an eye on things and I wonder, but mm -hmm. it's useless energy for me to spend time stressing too much about it because I can't change it. And if for some reason there's, they do one of them or more of them have it, then we can deal with it from there. And, you know, we're blessed to have amazing medical care and, you know, incredible community here in LA. And if that's the case, then we're just going to figure out how to move forward from there. Please visit our online store at lupusla.org. By purchasing Lupus LA products, you are directly supporting lupus patients and their families. So what's your message to newly diagnosed? Because I think, you know, a lot of the lupus patients that Lupus LA serves um, have been lupus patients for a while. And but we do have a obviously, unfortunately, a growing community of new lupus patients. And you know, I was diagnosed when I was 16. There was no internet. There was no, you know, I had no way of knowing. You know, my mother said, this is what the doctor said you have, take these pills. And, you know, so, and in some ways I actually attribute that to some of my success with the disease in the sense that I couldn't Google all the side effects of prednisone or, you know, so right. I just didn't even know what 
was going on. And I, I think, but now I think that's one of the hardest things that I hear from newly diagnosed lupus patients is this mountain of information and even some misinformation on the internet that right. it, so what do you recommend to somebody who, cause you really just went through this. So what, what do you tell them? Inform yourself, but do not go crazy um, digging around all over the internet. Trust your doctor. Make sure you have a very good, you know, medical team to help you out. Make sure you have, you know, a good support mechanism above and beyond your medical team, whether it's friends or family or dogs or whatever it might be. Make sure that you have yourself surrounded with good people to be there for you. Um, in terms of, you know, other advice, I would say is, I mean, as you know who I am and what I am now, keep moving. Like I believe movement is medicine, hundred percent. And any given day, your body may feel completely compelled to do one thing or another, but even simply getting out, walking, um, you know, gentle movements. If you can't do something one day, try it again the next day, see how you're feeling. Don't write yourself off, um, but do your best to maintain a level of activity. There's just so much benefit to become from that movement. I mean, the chemical release, the physical aspect of it. Um, there's just, it can't be, it, it's invaluable is the only way mm -hmm. to say it. So, and the other thing is, I think don't see it as some sort of like horrible thing. Like, yeah, this is not okay that we have a disease that we can't cure and it's going to be around forever. And some days are going to be bad and some days are going to be good, but you have to look for the good in each day. And you have to look for, you know, what, what can I do today? What's, what can I do? Not what I can't, but focus on what you can. And that change in mindset really does help kind of move you in the right direction. Do you have any clients that are lupus patients? Or did when you started telling your clients, did you notice that a lot of people either had a connection to lupus? You know, I don't have any um, clients who are lupus patients, but one of my clients did say, hey, my friend has lupus and he's active with lupus LA. And then she mentioned <laughs> yes. your name and, and then yes. kind of here we are. started crossing <laughs> right. and here we are. Right. Um, but no, none of my patients, sorry, none of my patients, my clients have uh, lupus at all. Um, you know, everyone's got some other things going on. It seems these days as we're getting older, um, we've all got a little something of some sort, but no. Do you no, think no it's an lupus. area, do you, sorry, do you think it's an area that you're interested in expanding into? Because I think it's, it would be interesting from a, a client's perspective to share in that um, life experience of lupus. Oh, absolutely. I would welcome the opportunity to train anybody with lupus, not only because I feel like, you know, I could help them and help them kind of remain active and, and feel better. But, you know, I think, like I said, building the community around you of people who understand it is incredibly helpful. And so that could also be this kind of a side part of having a client in that in, with, the, with the same condition I have. All right. So here's, here's what I really want to know. I, I was reading your bio and the CrossFit and all that. I want to know how much can you bench press? What, what, you know, how many pull-ups can you do? How fast do you run the 40? Like, these are the statistics that I'm, that I'm missing from your bio, but I, I'm sure they're impressive. So you, you know, can even give me the before and after lupus diagnosis. So we'll compare. All right. So bench press, I, I'm no good. I'm just, that's not my thing. I, you know, I grew up doing weightlifting with my brother from the time I was 14, but bench, I was just never very good at pushups. I can do a ton of, but bench press going super heavy. Can't do it. I was a soccer player. I was, a, I rode horses. So my legs are my jam. Um, okay. so I can back squat pre lupus. I was hitting 
240, I think, on back squats. Uh, right. Dead, dead, yeah. Um, fronts around 200 and change. And my deadlifts, I think, were like 230 for like, when it, that's talking about doing like two or three of them. Right. I think about 230, 230. And I weigh in around 145 pounds or so. So, um, super impressive. And have you noticed that there's been, are, are you purposely not trying that? at this stage or, or, okay. So yeah, no, um, I, I purposely being am, kind. I'm being kind and being gentle on my body. Um, you know, I'm 42 and I feel like it's time to kind of back it off a little bit, but, um, you know, like I was saying earlier, I found that kind of like running around that 75, 80% of my, what I know is my capacity. That's what keeps my body able to keep training the way that I do. I think if I were to keep pushing too hard and redlining, then I would be doing myself a disservice in the long run and sure. limiting my own training. Oh, there she is. Um, so yeah, but running, I don't run anymore. I used to run my best 5k was a 19 and change, but no more. And pull-ups, you have pull-ups. I could probably do 15 or so in a All row right. before taking a break. It's super impressive for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right. So let me, I, I want to know as a newly diagnosed lupus patient, your doctor's appointments are obviously um, have been, you know, very critical, especially when you're just trying to tweak all your medications and get everything figured out. So what right. do you tell people, um, you know, what's the key to success in getting that relationship with your physician to be a really big asset in your, in your care? Um, I think one of the most important things is to be communicative, communicative, and have trust and never dismiss something that's going on with you because you may think, oh, it's no big deal. But in reality, let them decide that because they're the experts. And it may be something very simple that you think, oh, you know, I, whatever, in this case, I've actually been having memory issues. So, you know, I was, being, was becoming forgetful and I didn't think about it, about why that might be. And then of course I brought it up and the doctor's like, wait a minute, let's talk this through. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, the best way to manage that um, through all of this. And it's led to some other tests being done, but you know, you just have to find a good doctor who you feel like you can talk to and always bring up everything. Even if you feel like you're being annoying because you don't know what's gonna matter. I think that's great advice. I really do. And I think all, all of your advice is really spot on and, um, I really appreciate you talking to us. Um, the Your Story, Our Fight podcast is about telling stories just like yours and um, trying to be part of the solution for everybody who's diagnosed with lupus. So this has been a really important conversation and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It really meant a lot to me. On behalf of the entire team at Lupus LA, we thank you for joining the Your Story, Our Fight podcast. Please tune in, spread the word, and come back for more inspiring stories. I'm your host, Adam Selkowitz, wishing you good health, and to always remember, your story is our own.